It's Christmas time. Yay! Right? Yay! Give me a big yay. Nice. Yay. It's the most, it's, it's a wonderful time of year. Andy Williams, right? Andy Williams saying it's the most wonderful time of the year. And he's right. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It is just a, a wonderful time of the year, right? Well, except for the cold and the snow and the ice. Okay. All right. So, all right. Well, at least, you know, people are a little bit happier, a, a little bit, a little bit perkier, Right. Well, that is until you cut them off in traffic or steal their spot at the mall or take the last Xbox from Target. <laughs> then they're not quite so happy and perky. Um, well, well, people are a little bit jollier, a little bit more joyful, right? Uh, well, maybe not. <laughs> you know, when you think about, you start talking to them about their credit card bills and you start talking to them about their travel plans and it's like, I can't believe I got to drive all the way across the country to visit my family. Like, seriously, you're upset about this? That we live in this amazing time and age where you can actually drive in a car across the country and visit family? People aren't happy. People aren't joyful. You know, well, at least, at least we have this. At least Christmas is about Jesus, right? Except for the stores that put out all their tinsel and trees and lights and stuff. At Halloween, for crying out loud, they put it all out there two months ago. And they make Christmas about something that it's really not about. And that is about stuff and materialism and consumerism. So what is, what is there to be joyful about? I mean, what is there to really be joyful about at this time of year? How can we have joy when, when people are hurting? And it seems like people have so little joy in their lives. I mean, what hope do we have? I believe that we are desperately in need, and I mean desperately in need of good news. We are desperately in need of real good news. We need a message of hope, a message of peace, a message of love. We need a message of joy. And lucky you, you're in the right place today. Because that's exactly what we're going to talk about, is a message of, of hope and peace and love and joy. We've been spending our Sunday mornings talking about joy. This, this whole month of uh, uh, December, we've talked about repeat the sounding joy. We talked a couple weeks ago about the Old Testament prophecies in the book of Isaiah. We talked about how uh, God promised to send a Messiah, promised to send a Savior. Uh, and so we talked about that two weeks ago. Last week we talked about the joy surrounding the birth of John the Baptist and all the joy that, that John the Baptist's birth brought into the lives of so many people. So we've been talking about uh, joy um, and uh, the videos of those sermons, if you missed one of those sermons, uh, they're available at our website at gfcc.net. You can always watch old sermons, uh, you know, when you uh, have nothing better to do or when you just feel like you need some, some midweek inspiration. You can do that, gfcc.net. Click on watch, listen, and you can watch me and have a refresher. And, and No? Okay. Well, today we're talking about the angels and the shepherds and the good news of great joy that the shepherds heard from the angels. So we're talking today about how the angels brought a message of joy, not just to shepherds, but to the entire world. 
want to give you a real quick reminder, our Christmas Eve service, we're going to continue talking about joy on Tuesday night, 6 o'clock p.m. right here, and we're going to have our candlelight Christmas Eve service. You're all invited. We'd love to have you come and uh, join us for Christmas Eve. It's a great way to kick off your family's Christmas celebration and come back for Christmas Eve. It's about a 45-minute service. It goes from 6 to 6.45. We sing a bunch of Christmas carols, and, and we're going to talk about being joyful gift givers. Uh, at Christmas Eve service this year as we continue this theme of joy. And again, if you want to invite some people to join us, there are invitation cards at the Welcome Center at the information station this morning. Today we're looking at the story of how the angels appeared to the shepherds and they uh, came to the shepherds and the shepherds were watching their flocks outside of Bethlehem. And the shepherds of Jesus' day, you know, we think of shepherds, we think, oh, you know, the, the 23rd Psalm, and we think about shepherds, and the Lord is my shepherd, and wow, what a, you know, David, the, the shepherd king, right? We think about shepherds, and they were the lowest of the low on the rungs of society. Nobody wanted to hang out with the shepherds. Most likely it had to do with the way they smelled, because they smelled like sheep, you know, and, and there are no perfumes that come from sheep, okay? There's no ode sheep, all right? We don't want to smell like sheep, and uh, the uh, the shepherds smelled like sheep, because that's who they hung out with all the time. It was sheep, 24-7. <laughs> that was it, all the time. Was that a goat or a sheep? I need to work on my sheep impression. So we're talking today about how the shepherds were watching their flocks outside of Bethlehem, and the angels appeared to them. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to actually we're going to read through the passage that our worship team read this morning. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And we're going to talk about how the angels appeared to the shepherds and gave them a message of good news, of great joy. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We're going to talk about three facets of good news this morning. 
and we're going to fill in some blanks on your outline. So if you have your bulletin, turn to page three of your, of your bulletin, and you can fill in some blanks here. The first facet and the first blank on your outline is that good news brings great joy. Good news brings great joy. So the angel appears to the shepherds. It shines in the sky, appears to the shepherds, and the shepherds are terrified. How do I know that the shepherds were terrified? Because the first thing out of the angel's mouth is, do not be afraid. Like I said last week, I don't know what these angels look like. But they've got to be scary looking. Because every time they show up in the Christmas story, they always say the same thing. Don't be afraid. Okay, so they always say, do not be afraid. So this angel says, do not be afraid when he appears uh, to the shepherds. And why? Why shouldn't they be afraid? Because the, mess- the shepherds are going to hear a message. The angel has a message for the shepherds. Good news of great joy. Now, when we hear good news, it usually brings tremendous happiness into our lives. Somebody got a new job. Hey, congratulations on your new job. That's great. Somebody gets a new house. They move into a new house. Congratulations on your new house. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Somebody wins the lottery. $636 million in the Mega Millions. Woohoo! right? Share some with me. Congratulations. Give me some. Or somebody is gonna, somebody gets, somebody's pregnant. They're going to have a baby. Oh, congratulations. That's wonderful. That's great news. But sometimes that good news turns sour. You know, the new job doesn't quite work out. You get laid off a couple months into it. Or it's just not the job you thought it was going to be. Or the new house, infested with termites. And so all the lottery winnings now have to go to paying off the damage of the termites, right? Great. Or... There are complications with the baby. And so what was good news that brought a lot of happiness, now all of a sudden has turned sour, and we're not quite as happy as we once were. We're not just, we're just not as happy. Because good news can bring happiness, but not necessarily lasting joy. You know, I think about the message that the angels had for the shepherds, and they said it was good news of great joy. You see, the situations and the circumstances of life that we go through are, are only temporary. And so when we focus on our circumstances and on our situations, we may be temporarily unhappy. You know, we, if things are going good, then we're happy. When things start going bad, then we're not happy. How can we have joy? How can we have good news of great joy? Something that lasts and lasts and lasts. Something that is not just temporary, like happiness. Because happiness can be fleeting based on our changing circumstances. But joy is different. You see, the good news that the angels said to the shepherds on that day, the good news that the angels proclaimed, it didn't make people temporarily happy. But this was good news of great joy. It lasts beyond the moment. It lasts beyond the temporary Joy is eternal. Happiness is based on situations and circumstances. But joy is based on something greater. And we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. So the first thing we need to know about joy, about good news, is that good news brings great joy. The second thing we need to know about good news is that good news is for everyone. This good news is for everyone. Hear what the angel said. The angel said that this good news of great joy will be for all the people. All the people. Well, what does that mean? It means that this good news of great joy is for everyone. It's for everybody. It is for men and women and children. 
It is for young people. It is for old people. It is for um, it's for uh, red people, yellow people, black people, white people, brown people. Everybody, red and yellow, black and white. They're precious in His sight, and the brown ones too. Right? Everybody needs to hear this message. Everybody needs to hear the good news of great joy. This message is for poor people. It is for wealthy people. Uh, it is for every tribe, nation, and tongue. This message is for Democrats. This message is for Republicans. This message is for independents. This message, this good news of great joy, is for Christians. It is for Muslims. It is for Buddhists. It is for atheists. People would say God doesn't even exist. God has a message of joy for them. God has a message of joy for everybody. He has a jo- message of joy for sinners of every kind, for liars, for thieves, for drunks, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for everybody. God has a message of joy for the wicked, for the depraved. God has good news for all the people, all the people. Everybody everywhere has to hear this message, this good news of great joy. This good news is for all the people, and that includes you, and that includes me. This good news of great joy is for us. This message of joy is for you and me. It's for us too. We need it as much as anyone. In fact, we may need it even more so, because sometimes we can take it for granted. We'll hear the message every year at Christmas time, right? Okay, little baby Jesus lying in the manger. Okay, the shepherds come. All right, then the, then the wise men come. And we move on. You know, that's not, what's, that's not what it's all about. This good news of great joy is for all year long, and it's for all the people. It's for everybody, you, me, everyone. This message of joy needs to be proclaimed to everybody. We are all sinners. We have all missed the mark. We have all fallen short. We have all done things and said things and thought things that we shouldn't do. We have not done the things that we should do. We know it. We know that we're sinners. We know that we've fallen short. We know that we, that we mess up. We know. We know our sin all too well. We're all in the same boat. And we need some good news of great joy. We're all in the same boat. Every single one of us. And we need good news of great joy. And I've got a message of good news for you today. Because the third blank on your outline, the third facet of great joy, of good news, is that good news is about Jesus. Good news is about Jesus. There are three titles that the angel gives to Jesus. Three titles. The first is Savior. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the Savior. What does that indicate? That means that we need to be saved from something. It means that we need to be saved from our sins. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has sinned. And we deserve death because of our sin. It's, it's just. A, but Jesus said, I will take the punishment for your sins. I will take the penalty. I will pay the price. I will pay the penalty for your sins. Because of the sins you committed, I will take the penalty. I will take the punishment. I will suffer and die. I will take what you deserve, and I will take it on myself. He went 
to the Roman cross where he suffered and he died for our sins. He didn't stay a little baby in the manger in Bethlehem. He went to Jerusalem and to the Roman cross, to the, Cal- to the cross of Calvary, and he suffered and he died for our sins. Somebody had to pay that price, and Jesus paid the price. And now if we will believe and repent and confess and be baptized, if we will believe in Jesus, repent from sin and turn to God for forgiveness, if we will confess our faith and be baptized, we will be forgiven. We are saved by God's grace It is a wonderful gift of his love and a gift of his grace that we can be saved. And he does that. He saves us from our sins because Jesus is our savior. We are saved by the power of Jesus' death and saved by the power of his resurrection. He didn't stay in the manger of Bethlehem. He went to the cross of Calvary. But he didn't stay on the cross of Calvary. He he was buried in a tomb. and then, But he didn't stay buried in the tomb of Jerusalem. He was raised to life on the third day by God the Father. He was raised to new life. But he didn't stay on the earth. He ascended into heaven. And now he sits on the throne of heaven. But you know what? He's not going to stay on the throne of heaven. He's going to return. He is coming back one day and he is not coming back as a little baby. He is coming back as the conquering king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is returning to take us to our heavenly home so that we can live forever, live eternally with God the Father. He is going to come back as the conquering king of kings and he is going to do away. He is going to do away with all of the sin. He is going to do away with all of the suffering. He is going to do away with all of the pain and all of the problems. He is going to do away with the trials and the tribulations. He is going to do away with the diseases and the difficulties. He is going to do away with the devil. He is going to do away with everything that separates us from God. And there is nothing that is going to be able to stop it. There is nothing that is going to be able to change this fact. And that is the good news of Christmas. That he is Jesus and he is our Savior. No one else can save us. We are saved only by God's grace through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. The second title that the angel gives to Jesus is He is Christ. He said, a Savior is born to you. He is Christ. Meaning that He is the Messiah. He is the promised one. He fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies that were prophesied about Jesus. He fulfilled them. And he is the promised one. He is the Messiah. The Old Testament foretold of a Messiah that God would send to save the people. And Jesus is the promised Messiah who came to save the people from, our, from their sins. He came to save you from your sins. He came to save me from my sins. And we know, as like I said before, we know what we've done. And Jesus, in fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies, is the one who was promised by God and who came to earth and he lived and he died and he rose again and he is going to fulfill the prophecies of the New Testament when he comes again. Because the Bible says in the New Testament that Jesus is going to come back. Uh, he's going to come on the clouds in power and glory and he's going to bring, bring back with him those who have died in him and the dead in Christ will rise first and then we will rise and we will meet the Lord in the air and we will be with the Lord. Lord forever and ever and ever. That is the hope that we have. That is the great joy of the good news. This is true and it is going to happen. The third title that the angel gives to Jesus is Lord. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. In the Greek, the word Lord is the word kurios. The opposite word of kurios is doulos. 
And doulos means slave. You see, Jesus is the kurios. He is the Lord. We are his doulos, his douloi. We are his slaves. We are his servants. See, Jesus Christ is Lord, meaning he is in charge, meaning he is the king. And we are his servants. We are called to submit to him and surrender fully to him, to his leading and his lordship. We serve him as our king. We follow him as our Lord. And he has to be the Lord over every area and every aspect of our lives. Like I said, the opposite of being Lord is being a servant. And we serve Jesus as our Lord. Where he goes, we go. Where he leads, we go. What he says to do, we do. Where he sends us, we go. We do the things that he tells us to do. We follow him as our Lord. We do what he says to do. What he says goes. Because he is Lord. I want to teach you a Greek word today. And it's the word euangelion. Can you say euangelion? Very good. Very nice. I knew you could. So this word euangelion literally means good news or gospel. So when we talk about the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we're literally talking about the good news of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's this word euangelion. It's also the root word for our word evangelism. That when it comes to evangelism and sharing the good news, it's the same word that means gospel. Now we are called to gospelize the world. We are called to good newsize the world. We are called to evangelize the world, to share this message of good news. This news is too good to keep to ourselves. You know, when somebody, when something happens to somebody, when you hear good news about what's the first thing you want to do, I got to go tell people, right? This news is too good to keep in these four walls. This news is too good to keep in ourselves. We need to share this good news that God sent his son Jesus to be savior and to be Lord, that he is the promised one. And he came and he lived and he died and he rose again. This is the good news of Christmas. We need to do what the shepherds did and get out into the world and tell everybody all about what happened in Bethlehem so very long ago. But it requires that we realize just how good the good news is. That when you think about it, what we deserve is not what we get. I was thinking about this this week. This thought came to my mind. I was, I was thinking about this message. I was thinking about, um, about God and his goodness and his love and his forgiveness. And this phrase came to mind. I was talking to somebody about it this week. This, this phrase from scripture came to mind that he does not treat us as our sins deserve. That's good news. Because I know what my sins deserve. I know what I deserve. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. I deserve death. But the gift of God, according to Romans 6.23, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the good news. What I deserve, I don't get. I'm not treated as my sins deserve, but rather I am given the gift of life, of eternal life, of eternal hope, of eternal joy. So don't let the struggles and the situations and the circumstances of this life steal the good news of joy from you because this news is still so good. Jesus still saves. 
And He saves us and He forgives us every single day. Don't let your situations and circumstances steal your joy. We need to let joy win. That's my challenge for you this week is to let joy win. You may be going through tough times. You may be having a tough time financially. You know, are we going to even make it? Are we, how are we going to make it? And your worries are robbing you of joy. You may be going through a tough time with your family, with your spouse, your kids. Your spouse feels distant. Your kids are in trouble. Your situation is robbing you of joy. You may be going through a tough time physically. You're in pain and it makes it hard to do anything and your pain is robbing you of joy. You may be having a tough time emotionally. Maybe for you today, it was just, it was all you could do to just get out of bed, put on some clothes and come to church today. And maybe your, your uh, situations and, and the holidays are hard times for you and you, you're missing someone that you love and your heartache is robbing you of joy. Maybe you're having a tough time spiritually. You doubt God or you're full of worry and fear. And you feel like God is mad at you for doubting Him. You know, you feel like you're running away from Him and you're all alone. Your spiritual failures are robbing you of joy. There's good news for us, friends. And I mean it's for us. Because I have hard times and struggles and situations and circumstances that trials and tribulations and tests just like the rest of you all. We all go through it. And there is good news for us. And this is good news of great joy that despite our faults and despite our failures, there is joy in the manger. Jesus came to be our Savior and our friend. And nothing can change. Hear this, okay? If you don't hear anything else today, hear this. Nothing can change this fact that God loves you and that Jesus died for you and that He is coming back to take you home where there will be no more pain and no more hurt and no more suffering and no more sorrow and no more death. There will be no more sin. There will be no more heartache. There will be no more struggle. There will be no more pain. There will be no more crying. There will be no more weeping. There will be only eternal joy in the presence of Jesus. So let joy win. Don't focus on your circumstances or your situations Focus on your Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm going to close with this. Jesus said that he will carry the burdens of life with us. He says, take my yoke upon you. A yoke is what is used to steer two oxen, okay? And he says that he will come alongside us and he will help us carry the burdens of life. So give him that burden. Whatever that burden that you feel today is, whatever your burden is, give it to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need you to help me carry this heartache. I need you to help me carry this emotional distress. I need you to help me carry this financial burden. I need you to help me carry everything that I'm carrying on my own. I can't carry it anymore. Jesus, I need you to carry this for me. And trust him to provide for all the spiritual blessings that he has promised. And may you remember this week, the good news of great joy that the angel proclaimed to the shepherds that he is born. Christ the Savior, the Lord. And that is good news of great joy.